morning, family. Uh, my name is Stephen Aguaya. Uh, my beautiful wife, Hannah, and I have the, the privilege of serving in the campus ministry in, uh, in Brooklyn. Um, it's funny, uh, uh, Harlem's a special place for me. I was actually baptized up the block uh, like 12 years ago um, at, at, at the Harlem space uh, at, at a teen devotional uh, many, many years ago. Well, many, you know, in my perspective. Um, but, uh, and if, if, I, if I could add an additional why special missions is special, um, I exist because of special missions. Um, my, my, my parents were on, my, my parents received your money when, when, uh, when they were living in Africa. I, I went to school because of your giving. Um, I got to understand God because of my parents' job based on the, on the support that you guys gave. I'm a disciple now because of the, of the, the philanthropy of the, of the New York City Church of Christ. Um, so it's real. It is, it is real. And Harlem, in general, is a place that I think is underappreciated. Uh, I think for, for what Harlem has done for music, what Harlem has done for, for culture, uh, I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know where... I think music would be very boring now if it wasn't for, for this geographic location. Uh, poetry, actually, um, and, and uh, a style of poetry that I've, I've, I've come to, to really enjoy and is, uh, is very much rooted here. My, my, first, my first spoken word competition um, was actually not, not too far from, from here, from here uh, either. Uh, and I think in the spirit of that, we're going to be talking about forgiveness um, today. I know that, that, that James told me that you guys have been looking at the, the one another um, scriptures. We're going to look at, uh, at forgiveness. Uh, but I'm going, to, I'm going to say a poem first, uh, a poem that I wrote uh, a little bit after I got baptized up, up the block here uh, to, to kind of connect the big picture of, of, of why, why forgiveness and also how forgiveness. I heard they took him while he was praying. Blood and sweat swings from his brow. The friends that swore to stand by his side scattered into the night, leaving their master at the mercy of these monsters. Looking Judas dead into his soul, he showed no hatred towards his betrayer, silent. And like morning dewdrops, showed no resistance to the gravity that pulls him off their grassy positions. He showed no opposition to the guards when they dragged him away. Professional torturers. These Roman soldiers flogged his back till his skin hung like the draped curtains in the temple, and maybe if he was beat like a slave, he would have been left in working condition, but for 30 silver pieces, he was torn to pieces, so much so that when he looked at the sky, not even heaven recognized him. A crown of thorns was beat into his mind till thoughts poured down his face, blood, sweat, and now the saliva of standing spectators swings from his brow as he drags himself towards a punishment he does not deserve, and his mother is forced to watch as they slap and spat and cracked on the cracked frame of her perfect child. Hammer and nail to an extended edition sign, this cross would cross out the creator's kindred, and it's crazy I heard the kid was a carpenter, so he earned his living by connecting pieces of wood, and I would never believe you if you told me that with every table he fixed, the stool he made, he wasn't thinking about what he was later going to have to give his last breath on. This tree would hold up, then hold down the savior of this earth, and I wonder... If he knew that 2,018 years later, talentless musicians would dip him in gold and hang him around their tattooed necks, they call it a Jesus piece. 
Yet peace ceases to exist when peace is prince is passed and deceased. Have you ever heard, ever heard an angel weep? It sounds like thunder. God must have lost his grip on nighttime because darkness fell so hard that the ground shook. And when these cowards realized what they had done, they pierced his side and made him bleed, and he bled. He bled like the dye on cheaply colored cloth that had been left in summer rains. He bled like meat market ceilings. He bled like the broken bodies of babies bashed against Bethlehem's bricks because of the prediction of his birth. He bled and then he died, and because he was a son, it became pitch black. His worth can now be measured in light. He's gone now, making now forever night. But roses must be buried before you can fully appreciate their true beauty. So on the third sunrise, the sun rose from the dead. I saw him. Holes in his wrist, but not a scratch on his skin, and I asked him why. He smiled. He smiled with a smile that glowed like his teeth were paved with heaven's streets. He smiled He smiled with a, sh- with a smile that shouted contentment, wrapped in faith. He smiled, and his feet left the earth. And I am almost certain that through those clouds I heard him whisper, for you. See, in the topic of forgiveness, it is crucial to remember that we forgive because we have been forgiven. Because of what Jesus has done for us, because of the, the, the cost and the expense of forgiveness, we should at least forgive. The title of, of, of the sermon is uh, Forgiveness, the Journey to Healing. I was going to call it an open letter to J.R. Smith. Um, I was, because I'm, I'm struggling, I'm, I'm, and I felt like God was moving in my, in my, my soul. <laughs> Let's look at Genesis 50, so I don't have to think about J.R. anymore for at least a little bit and work on my own heart right here. G- Genesis 50, if you plan on being human around humans, you are going to have to work on forgiveness. It's just the nature of things. Genesis 50, in verse 15, it says, When Joseph's brothers saw uh, their father, that their father was dead, he said, What if Joseph, I'm sorry, if Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then, do not be afraid. I'll provide you and your children. Uh, and he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. So there's, there's something called the, the principle of first mention. Um, that's a, it's a very effective uh, bi- personal Bible study tool. Essentially what that means is that if you just go as far back as you can to the very first time that a biblical concept is mentioned, um, it gives you some incredible insight onto how we're supposed to understand that thing. This was the first time that forgiveness is mentioned in, in the Bible. Um, the background is, is Joseph had been, had been played and abused and, and taken advantage of by his brothers. Um, they sold him into slavery and then made up this story about their, their father's dying wish, which never happened. And they say, please, please forgive us 
for, for the, all the wrong that we brought into your life. Now, Joseph's response here, I think, gives us some very, very important insights into the understanding of forgiveness. He says, am I in the place of God? Joseph, forgive us. And Joseph's response is, am I in the place of God? In the discussion of forgive, forgiving one another, we must first understand the presence of God in the equation. To forgive or not to forgive is something that at the end of everything is a decision that is left up to God. Now, God makes it that we can participate in those two choices. One of those choices leads us towards salvation. The other, choices, the other choice leads us away from it. So God, forgiveness is a divine activity, and we get a chance to participate in it. And, one of, and whether you forgive or, or not, one of those decisions leads you closer to God, one of them uh, away from him. Um, it's, and again, uh, uh, the principle of first mention, what, what's kind of brought in here is that we cannot eliminate God from the equation of for, forgiving one another. Um, let's look at a, a passage in Matthew that I think um, explains why that's the case. Matthew 18. We're going to read from verse 21, Matthew 18. It's one of Jesus' many, many parables. Uh, some of us actually got an opportunity to, to, to sit at the feet of Steve Kennard this past week and hear, uh, and he taught us about why parables, how parables, what parables. Um, to myself, my wife Hannah, Leslie was there as well. Uh, it, was, it was incredible. Um, so this is some of the stuff that, that, that we learned here. So in Matthew 18, this, the situation here is that uh, Jesus had just explained how we're supposed to deal with sin. Um, Peter, there's a lot that we know about how to be Christians based on dumb questions that Peter asks. And this, this is one of those, that we get incredible insight about forgiveness because Peter wants to be smart and, and, and more spiritual than everyone else. And then Jesus responds to him with stuff that we can learn from because I think that's very much our character at, at, at times too. In verse 21, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Good question, Peter. Uh, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven, like a king who wanted to settle accounts with the servants, as he began, to, began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he owned be sold to repay the debt. Uh, at this, the servant fell on his knees and begged before him, Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt and let him go. But when, this, when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a, 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 a hundred uh, silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. Uh, his fellow uh, servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had that man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all of the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. It's intense. Now, 10,000 talents, 10,000 bags of gold. The math of this is that, so uh, the, the, the wage for a servant at this time would be one 
denarius a day. Because of the Sabbath, you would work uh, six days a week. That gives you, uh, and, and because of Jewish uh, customs, you would work about 50 weeks a year. That gives you 300 denarii a year. It, it'll, it'll take 20 years of making 300 denarii a year to make 6,000 denarii, which is one talent. It'll take 100 years to make five talents and 200,000 years to pay back what this man owed. 200,000 years of servant labor, a modern equivalent um, to, uh, to, to $4 billion of, of working, of, of working the, the kind of job that this, that this guy did. To give you some perspective here, the, the, the temple that David uh, helped build uh, cost about 3,000 uh, denarii. This guy owed 10,000. I mean, we're talking like big, big, we're talking like a, a studio apartment in Manhattan type money. Like, <laughs> washer dryer downstairs though, because don't, don't, don't get too crazy. This is in, insurmountable debt. And it was commonplace at this time for if you owed that kind of money, that yes, well, well then your life, if you were the head of the household, your life and, and whoever you were responsible for were going to just be handed in as means of, of payment. Um, but the, the, the issue is that he doesn't have enough life. Like, you don't have enough life to pay this off. You and your family and your possessions, 200,000 years worth of money, he can't do this. And I think the, the, uh, Jesus very, very deliberately uses this amount to get us to understand that this guy owed significantly more than he could have figured out a way to take care of on his own. There's the, he has no chance at paying this back. His only hope was the mercy of the master, the overwhelming, irrational forgiveness of the master. And you look at verse, verse 26. It says, At this the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, and I will pay back everything. How? How are you going to do that? There's no way. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. If you owe the bank money, <laughs> if you owe anyone money, there's a power and control, like a, like a forceful, almost like mob mentality, that all of a sudden, it seems like, like they, they have over you. Now, in our worldly sinful nature, that's part of the reason why we have such a hard time forgiving people. Um, because it's almost like you're giving that power away. Like if, if, if someone has hurt you and you choose to not forgive them, there's a lot of power that you're giving yourself here. You're now in control of your feelings towards this person. You're now, now I, I'm, I'm determining how I'm going to think about you, how I'm going to think about us. There's a lot of self-perceived power that you're maybe letting go of to someone that has, has hurt you. Now, if you look at the... I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about the master here. I, th I think that this, this parable is titled incorrect. I think that this is less about the servant and more about how incredibly willing to forgive this master is. Um, there's nothing weak or victimized about, this, about the master here. There's a, a, it's, he's full of power, full of uh, understanding, mercy. Like he, he's, he's thinking about this in a way that I think makes, I think it confuses a lot of us. How could, you give, how could you give up? Well, he can because he's all-powerful. He's, all, he's completely in control. And even though he has been taken advantage of, he, in his power, in his control, though, though it's well within his jurisdiction to punish this man, he lets it all go. That is power. The ability to let something go 
that's significantly more powerful than whatever power you think you may have from holding on to a grudge or holding on to hard or holding on to anything. The power to let something like this go is huge. And this is very nature who God is. That there's 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 debts that have been that, that have been piled and piled and piled and God, because of his power, has the ability to let it go with no payment plan, no in, no interest rate, not one of those commercials with the very, very fast talking at the end where, oh, you can get this, but speed up, fine print. It's none of that. He just says, 100% you can go. The complete and total elimination of debt. Now, you would want, you would expect this to be life-changing. If let, let's, say, let's say it's not $4 billion. Let's say whatever your debt amount is right now. Let's say someone walks in and says, hey, uh, guys, I'm feeling like giving today. Whatever your debt was when you walked in here, it's gone now. That changes your day, right, a little bit. If, if, you, if your student loans can just be gone, <laughs> amen, thanks for coming, let's go home. Like, it's, 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 if, if, you're, if, you're, if your mortgage, gone, if, if whatever, whatever unwise purchases from back in the day that are now killing you now could just be gone, it significantly changes how you think about everything. Or at least it should. At least it should. There's, uh, when, when I got, um, uh, when Hannah and I got engaged, uh, it's funny, like, engagements are fun, and then you have to figure out how you're going to pay for the wedding. Um, and I remember doing math, but like, like, based on my income. I became a, a, a financial expert just like that. And based on my income and Hannah's income, we were going to have a, a Dunkin', Dunkin' Donuts wedding, is, is what, <laughs> what it was looking like. And I remember a, a phone call that, that I had with my dad. And, now, and you know, my, my, my dad... It was a. Uh, he's selectively giving at times. <laughs> There'll be like just randomly, like not even a birthday, just like, oh, hey, Stephen, I got you a whatever. Um, but there'll be other times that I'm like, man, I think is, it, is this okay? Is it okay for you to hold back this much? Uh, but this moment of tr- of I think a random phone call. He asked, "How's the planning going?" I'm like, Dad, I got to be honest. I, like, I don't I don't know how we're gonna do it. And and he said, oh man, he said, just buy your suit, just 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 buy your suit, and 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 like I'll, I'll I'll take care of everything else. And it just like it, I mean, it wrecked me, like it it, because I mean, because I'm aware of the facts. The facts are that I can't afford I, I can't afford to do something nice. I, I can't I can't I can't afford anything, and <laughs> I got. My I'm I'm just out of college. I'm 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 like, I'm I don't know what I'm gonna eat, you know. L- let alone how I'm gonna help put together a wedding. Uh, and I mean, with with my dad's help and and and, and uh, uh, Hannah's family's help, like we we had what I mean, my favorite wedding of all time. Uh, <laughs> but the, the the reality is that I I can't fund that. I can't do it. Some, someone else that has more and has bigger than me needed to step in. And now I had responsibility. He said, if I said, no, nah, you know what? No, I'm going to buy something else. If he said, buy the suit, it's a, cra- it's a crazy response to, to, to my dad saying, buy the suit and I'll, I'll pick up everything else. Whatever he said, buy the, I'm going to go do it. If the other side of it is that he's going to cover everything else. Um, 
But that's sort of like life-changing, like, sure, like, you owed this, don't worry about it, I got it. You would, you would hope that I would be grateful. If, if, I, if I continue to tell the story and say that, oh, and then I, and then my, I just was ungrateful with my dad for the, for the rest of our relationship, that would make you feel uncomfortable. Like, how could you? How could you do that? Church, that's the same question. After, after this debt had been eliminated from this man, how could you? After our debts had been eliminated, how could you? How could you not be grateful? I looked for the passage that says, uh, forgive and forget. Uh, and you know it existed. Uh, it's, it doesn't exist. There, there, there is no book, chapter, verse that says forgive and forget. Um, because the truth is, I think forgetting would make things easier. Uh, for, for forgetting would make it would make it hurt less. Uh, if if you had the ability to just eliminate the memory of someone hurting you from your relationship, then it's not forgiveness; it's amnesia. It's you. The the act the, the 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 mercy isn't there. You're just kind of well. This is just normal now. Now, interesting enough, God does not forgive and forget. I think so, sometimes we communicate that He does. It's it's. Forgetfulness is a flaw of the human brain because our brains are too small. God doesn't have the flaws that we have. God chooses to not remember. That's, uh, uh, Hebrews 8.12 says God chooses to not, not remember. Remember literally just means reattach. Re as in again and member like, like member. So, so remembrance is reconnecting separate things. Uh, Psalm 103 uh, says that our sins are separated as far as east and west. Now neither one of those imply that God is no longer aware of our sin. It means that he chooses to not look at us and attach the negative feelings that sin justifiably should have. He doesn't attach that to us anymore if you're under his forgiveness. That takes mercy. That takes love. That takes a lot of power. God, in complete acknowledgement and understanding of the minute, unspoken, embarrassing detail of our sin, Choose us to not attach the negative feelings associated with the sin to us. He chooses to love us and chooses to push the sin away. Now, we do this as well. Uh, my son, Lucas, has given, he's headbutted me more than any other person has headbutted me. And I. And I remember, I remember them. I can tell you the, the, the date and the time and the location of every one of these headbutts. But I don't love him any less. You know, like it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't remove my care and compassion. He's, Lucas has hurt me plenty of times. But I don't, I, 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 he's my son. How, how, could I, how could I look at my son and say, no, be, I'm, because of the times that you physically hurt me, or I mean, he, he, broke my, he broke the needle of my vinyl player. I know. <laughs> but that's my child. If, if, in, in some weird chemistry, that it, it almost makes him more endearing. Like, wh- oh, well, you blew it. But now I'm going to love you more because I, I, I don't want you to feel the weight of guilt. I don't want you to feel bad about what you did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to embrace you even more now that you've fallen short. This parable really should be the parable of the of the relentlessly forgiving master that was willing to just let it go. The servant's life should have been changed, but it doesn't. It does not. So 100 denarii is, like I was saying before, it's about uh, four months worth of work, which you can pay back. 
you can't pay back 200,000 years worth of stuff. You can pay back 100 denarii. And he finds this guy and chokes him out in public and, and throws, him, throws him in jail. Again, God, Jesus is very, very particular with, with his word choices and, and his number values here. You have 200,000 years versus, let's say, 100 days worth of stuff. The question that I think uh, Joseph asked his brothers, and I think we, we, you would want this man to, a- to ask himself here, and I think all of us need to ask ourselves in times where we feel hurt and taken advantage of, is am I in the place of God? Is, am I, is it really within my jurisdiction to take this out on you? The answer will always be no, but I think that question is very important for us to ask ourselves. It's interesting enough that the, the request of, the, of the, the man that owed him less is identical to his request of the master. Have mercy on, uh, be, be patient with me. I'll pay it back. Give me time. Now, he actually could. He was actually genuinely capable of just setting aside some money for a couple of months and paying this back. Have patience with me. I'll pay it back. And he says, No. Again, I think, we, I think the point of Jesus' parables are for us to look at them and be disgusted. Like, how could you do that? You, ju- you just left the presence of an, of, of an incredibly merciful master. How in the world can you justify then sending someone to jail for pennies? Family, same question. After we have been forgiven of a debt that you are not capable of paying back. This is, this, this is the story of the gospel. Matthew, I mean, the, 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 it's the entire narrative of the Bible is that humans are going to blow it and, and owe more than we can pay. God's going to come in and save the day at the, at the, at the end of everything. If that's the Bible cover to cover. Spoiler alert. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's what happens. How, in, in view of the, of, of the mercy that, that God shows us, in view of the cost of how expensive it was to get us here right now, the justification of, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold this grudge, how, how could we think that way? I just reference uh, Matthew 6.14 literally just says, if you forgive, you will be forgiven. If you forgive, you will be forgiven. Ephesians 4.31 says you have to get rid of bitterness. Be kind, compassionate. Forgive just as in Christ God forgave you. You know what's interesting about forgiveness? Is that it is, it is Jesus. Like if you just look, look, look at the Jesus story, and every time that Jesus comes up, plug in the idea of forgiveness, it works. Like, that's, that's how powerful forgiveness was. God gave us Jesus as a, a, a physical, tangible, touchable, like, thing of forgiveness. It's, it's incredibly, incredibly powerful, this idea. Now, I think the very, very real-life practical question that we have to ask ourselves is, are are you, are you are you holding on to something? Because if if the question also then is is am I in the place of God? That's th- th- these are our, our divine conversations that we're forcing ourselves into. If you start saying I'm I'm, I'm holding on to past hurts, now it's, it, I don't have to ask if people have hurt you because it's just the reality of life. You have you have been hurt by people. Listen, my. I have, I have people in my family that had 
circulated rumors that somehow my mom and I were, were responsible for the death of my dad and my family. We, I, I couldn't go to my, to my dad's uh, burial ceremony that they did in our, in our village in Nigeria because of this. Listen, I'm, 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 speaking, I'm speaking about forgiveness here on a basis of I'm working on this too. It's f- forgiving people is, is a full-time job. It's, it, it's very heavy. It's very expensive. It'll, it'll seep into everything else that you do. Everyone's been hurt. Listen, if you've been in this church long enough, you would have been hurt by, through, because of, with the church. Because it's people. You know, what's, you know the, the church itself is perfect. Just the people <laughs> that you, you got you got to be patient with. Because it, it really is like 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 the the church exists as in, as in like like God's God's collective on earth exists whether we have this meeting here or not. It does. So from God's perspective, he, his his guidelines are perfect. He's, you know, he just messed up by having us fill the seats. Yeah, sure. I was I was I was young when when things in in the past of this church happened that I think people may be potentially still holding on to. Um, but I'm I'm also not blind. You know, I'm I'm also not I'm I'm not I'm not dumb. I I I I, I can see completely how the realities of decisions made by spiritual leaders can have real life impact on the people that aren't preaching every Sunday. Am I in the place of God? Is the question. The church will, the people in the church will continue to let you down, guaranteed. At our at our, at our best, at our best attempts at pleasing everyone, you're going to hurt half the people. Now, do you, whatever whatever self perceived power that you may feel that you feel like you have from not letting stuff go. Listen, it takes a, it's a lot more powerful to let go. Especially here. Cuz let me tell you if and, and here's here's the here's the power of forgiveness. If you're still and you may not even see it as for you you may see it as no I'm just being wise. I've just kind of over. I've just gotten more mature over 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 time. I I understand things better now. So when you hear something, special missions, again, they're really asking for. They're asking for more money again. We gave last year. Where is our fill in the blank? Now that you may not you may not file that in your brain as a forgiveness issue, but you're holding on to something. There's some sort of lack of trust or frustration, or anger, or hurt. Listen, it's, it's okay to acknowledge that you've been hurt. You're not in sin for saying, my feelings were hurt, and were hurt for a very long time. The issue is when you start putting yourself at the position of God, and that you get to determine whether forgiveness is valid or not. 
None of us apologized to God to get Jesus. There was never a, hey, God, I'm really sorry, and then God accepted our apology and then gives us sacrifice and forgiveness and reconciliation. Apologies are not required for forgiveness. Conversations are not required for forgiveness. Acknowledgement is not required for forgiveness. You having the power, you get to decide. You choose. Am I going to forgive or not? With the question interweaved through all of that is, am I in the place of God? It's hard. When you, when you break these chains, really, like when, when, you, when you drop the shackles of past hurt and past frustration and past being let down, I genuinely think it does change how you give. I, it has to. It, 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 will, it will change how you talk to God with other people. Talk, talk about God with other people. It has to. I think it, 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 it makes... Man, if, if you can remove all the bitterness, if you can just like turn off bitterness from, from your, your thought process, it magnifies everything else. Everything that's good gets highlighted if you drop the bitterness. Listen, if it's not people, if it's not the church, it's not easy living in America right now for certain people. I think it's, it's very easy to be frustrated at the country as a whole. I think it's, you, you, it's there, there's, there, all you need is a Facebook and just scrolling. And it's very easy to get overwhelmed by how much it seems like you are the enemy and how you're not supported, how no one has your back. Maybe, maybe, the, the, maybe, maybe the people that need forgiveness, maybe, maybe you'll, you'll, you'll never get a chance to meet them. You know, what, 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 if, what if you have to let go of, of, of hard feelings that you have about the American government? What, what, about, what, about, what about the police? If I can be just, what about white people? Really, and this is not a this is not a, a, a just throw yourself out there and be a doormat. This is a it's okay to let this stuff go because that's that's what God did for us, and 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 it's and it's real. Like you you, you can actually leave here today and aggressively go after forgiveness because you will have many opportunities. And it's, it's not in ignorance of the fact that stuff is difficult. It's in complete understanding and acknowledgement that it's difficult. Because now you get a chance to be forgiveness in a, in a world that is so desperately in need of that. In families that are so desperately in need of that. At workplaces that are so desperately in need of someone saying, I'm not going to allow other people's mistakes to change God's perception of how I'm supposed to see everything. There's many, all of us have something. Everyone here has something. That something or that someone might be in this room of something that you just, you just, have, you just have to let go. And I do think, of course, there, there's, there, the Bible teaches us how to reconcile with conversations, of course. 
But you also have the ability to just let it go. You know, medically, forgiveness lowers your cholesterol. It's true. I didn't believe it. I thought it was just one article. And I read more and more and more. Like, yeah, we, we, I wish we could explain it like through, it just does. Like, like it lowers cholesterol. It strengthens your immune system. To, to, and, and initially I read that as, okay, so what you're saying is that holding grudges weakens it. Yes, but it's more than that. There's actually a boosting factor when you have reason to hold something and you let it go. That release strengthens your immune system. Uh, it, it, make, it makes you live longer. And I think because it's the way that God thinks. Forgiveness is so, it's so God that if we can tap into it, it changes our physical makeup. Yes, it changes your mind, it changes your thoughts, but it also changes physically who you are. And of course, again, again, of course, we've been hurt. But and this, this is why I feel like David gets called the man after God's own heart. Because um, I, I can't find lots of great stuff about David that I can say that, oh, this, this, this is it. But David cried when Saul died. Weeped. David was constantly crying about his enemies dying. Constantly. And the heart of, yes, this man tried to kill me. Yes, this man tried to tarnish my name. Yes, he tried to ruin my friendships. Yes, yes. But it's, it's a person that, that God cares for, and now he's dead. And David mourns. And his guys are like, what are you doing? Like, did, were you not here? I think that's, I think that's the thing. That's the, the, the David, a man after God's own heart. Because that's, that's how God thinks. Like, ye- yes, we turn our backs on him. Yes, yes, we're, we're constantly laying him down. But goodness, he, 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 his compassion never ceases. His mercy never ceases. And if we claim to be godly, shouldn't we think how God thinks about forgiveness, about letting stuff go? So, in closing here, uh, the, in 1994... Uh, there was a, 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 a very dark, a very ugly blemish in African history. Uh, the Rwandan genocide uh, took place where there were almost, I mean, th- the numbers are still kind of up in the air, but it's, it's close to a million, a million uh, Tutsis that were killed by Hutus um, over the span of 100 days. So 100 days, and we're, I mean, th- these were, they, they lived in the same place. Yes, uh, Rwanda Rwanda's not not a very big country, um, but you had these two two tribal groups that, because of the influence of people that that, that were outside, came in, messed up their thinking, left. There was a genocide that that essentially had had one of these groups come. I mean, a million a million murders in a hundred days. Uh, time passed, and the government actually sanctioned. These mass apology sessions where if you have killed someone, you got an opportunity to come back and apologize to their surviving family. If you did that, you were excused of jail time. And there were crowds and crowds and crowds of people that came forward and apologized in the faces of the people that they had I mean, for destroyed their lives. 
it's been uh, a little bit over two decades, uh, and I was reading an article about these neighbors who the, the, the man had killed the woman's husband and her two parents and burnt, burnt their house down. And now they're neighbors, and they work on a community farm together every day. Their day starts off, they, 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 they greet each other, and they go and they, they, they both work on this farm that the, uh, that the community gets to benefit from. Uh, what she said was that bitterness does not help our country. It's, I mean, it, 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 it puts things in perspective. I think, of course, looking, looking at the parable, li- li- looking at how much God has forgiven, but then this real-life human interaction of this woman that her thought is, well, he, he apologized, you know, and, and at the end of the day, what, what good for me or the community is it for me to hold a grudge against this man? You know, what's, what's, what's amazing about all of this, and it's not, I mean, there's, there's, it's scary how many interactions and how many stories like this there are of people who, who have had, I mean, their, their lives ruined, and now they're classmates and coworkers, and, and some of them even in so, some marriages that have happened in the wake of systematic genocide. The children now don't see themselves as Hutu or Tutsi. They see themselves as Rwandans. The, the, the thing that, that, that their parents were forced in separation, in violent separation, because of the forgiveness of the parents, the children are clueless. All they know is we are Rwandan. Because forgiveness can change the world. If you just think about the people you need to forgive, and then you spread that outward, and if that becomes what this ministry is, no, is known for. This is a ministry of forgivers. What aspect of your life does that not include? It bleeds into everything. And the world benefits. Our children will benefit. Our, our, the, the generations down, the church benefits from our decision to forgive. If you look at this like a wound, like a, a an, an ugly, gaping wound, bitterness is essentially like it's it's like the the visual equivalent of of refusing that wound to heal. So every time it tries to heal, you're 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 reopening it. You're breaking out the stitches. You're 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 peeling it back every time your body is saying, no, no, we really need this. You're pulling stuff back. Forgiveness is just allowing the body to take care of itself. Just allowing your body to pull back together to protect itself. And maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's marriages, maybe it's your spouse that you are bound by God to stay with. So your thought is, okay, well, I can't leave, but I can be distant. I can detach myself. I can be I can I can make this just a character issue now. Where, oh, that's just kind of who I am, to be cold and, and, and 
and sharp uh, response. It was kind of kind of my character. Maybe you need to let something go. Maybe it's maybe it's parents and children who there's there's frustration and there's hurt and it's it's literally changed who you are because of the weight that you're carrying of a lack of allowing things to be let go. Maybe maybe it's time to let it go. Families, friendships, listen, again, because we're people, you are prone to being hurt. And you are also prone to hurt others. There is something miraculous that can real life happen today. This is not one of those, you know, oh, let, let, let's work on this for, for a couple months and then come back and, and, and take inventory. You can, you can decide today, right now. We're, um, hurts from years, from decades ago. You can decide, and not, and not because God doesn't care about them. Not because your past is not important, but because God cares about you and because God did everything to make sure that your past is not going to have to define where you go from here. Maybe it's time to let stuff go. In the parable, we see, I think it's, it's, it's easy to, to, to focus on the ending here. I'm like, wow, like, the, the, the punishment and the and the prison time and whatever. But I think if if we just shift our attention to God and his willingness to forgive you, his willingness to forgive me, listen, I, I know I'm a mess. I, I'm and there are people in my life that'll tell me when I forget. I know. And it, it, it just it, it makes God so amazing that he's willing to it's okay, Stephen. Just just buy the suit, and I'll take care of everything else. Just 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 do your day to day. Just just try and be like Jesus, and I'll cover all the other stuff. That's the life we get to live. If you have to forgive someone today, consider it a message from God. I think it's time to let things go. Amen.